What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of... Yay, yay, yay. Okay. Um, That's the bloopers. What's up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of Trash Trash. I promise y'all we're going to get that together, all right? I'm saying we just drop it. I think it was fine. (laughs) Okay. We're going to get it together one day, all right? Just have some faith in us. But this is Ryan. This is Tate. And this is Grace. And we're back at it again. The triple threat. I swear, we've been on so many episodes together. I mean, that's just how, you know, the cookie crumbles. Ooh. Happy National Coming Out Day, everybody. (laughs) Live from the gays themselves. I'm freaking dead. Period. Hi, we are here and we are queer. I knew somebody was going to say it. I knew somebody I, was going to say it. I quit. <laughs> I quit as well. Um, I'm going to destroy my headphones. I'm done with this. I'm. This is all the time we have for this episode. <laughs> um, follow us on our socials. Instagram is trashtalk.radio. Oh, uh, but how are you guys? How are y'all? It's been a, it's been a week. <laughs> Literally. Um, <laughs> I'm actually doing pretty good. Today was a rainy day. And I feel like rainy days can be kind of like a hit or miss. Like sometimes mm-hmm. like if you're really sad, they can make you even more sad. But for me, it I did stay in bed a good bit, but I also ran some errands. And I feel like because of the rain, it made me stay inside more. So I ended up cleaning my room, washing my sheets, and I've been pretty productive when it has come to work. Um, so it's, it's been a really good day for me. I've had a pretty good week, had some weekend fun with my friends, and uh, now it's just time to get back into the game, get focused, locked, and loaded. I have had a very, very weird week in the sense that nothing like spectacular happened, but this was the first week in a while that I kind of spent time with myself almost since quarantine. I've been kind of battling like the immense loneliness not loneliness but the separation from you know my everyday people two of my closest friends shout out to Alex and Zeta they are not on campus so it kind of in a selfish way makes me feel better because I'm like oh if I was there they wasn't gonna be there anyways so but I've been really missing the campus life before the pandemic. Around this time last year, I was really getting to meet some of the people who would continue to be really important figures in my life, Grace included. We started to to get to know each other around this time last year. Do you remember when I came to your place for Halloween and I and took you threw that, up in my trash I can? Literally, I literally took a shot, had a moment, and then Tate goes, girl, are you good? And I was like, no. So I was like, Grace, the trash can is right there. I'll deal with it later. But we had 10 minutes to get to this function and like none of us are ready. So around this time last year was a turning point in my life. And I'm kind of missing that energy right now. But that fall energy hit different though. But you know, it is what it is. And those people are definitely still there. And I'm just waiting to see them again. But other than that, it's been a, I guess, a productive week. What about you, Grace? I've been doing really, really well. I got a job. I'm going to be starting at um, Burgers and Barley tomorrow. Come see me. Okay. <laughs> come, I love burgers. Come get a, come get a blogger. Um, I, I feel the same way, Tate. Last year was a very big turning point in my life as well. I was going through a really intense breakup about a year ago, and I'm looking at now, like, where I am and how everything is, and I've had 
on and off days overall though I think that like um I'm very thankful to be where I am and to have what I have and have the people around me that I do but I mean it does get really hard when you aren't able to control certain things so I've just been I'm trying to be more gentle with myself and stop rushing the process I need to just trust the freaking process because I'm out here screwing up a little bit but it's been an interesting time actually the other day not the other like yeah sometime earlier this week I was on you know the old snapchat and you know on snapchat you still have all those people on there you don't really talk to anymore you just have people that like you used to um hang out with in high school um yeah disgusting and there's this guy that I went to high school with that posted something and was like um shading or dragging or talking um talking about this girl who had an OnlyFans and now she was like posting her OnlyFans and he was like um like making fun of this girl and then proceeded to post a next slide of him and about like six or seven of his other friends like in a circle like all like flipping off the camera and the caption of the photo was what got me the caption of the photo was like who needs OnlyFans when my boys can show and tell me enough as literally destroy all men right now. Like I cannot believe like, well, first of all, it is not only unethical, but isn't it illegal to share other people's private pictures? I feel like it is. I'm pretty sure that's like revenge porn, ain't it? Yeah. Like it has to be, it has to be like, and they were sitting there like gloating and posting about the fact that um, they are out here, you know, sharing private pictures that girls have sent to them. And I was like, hold the phone. So let me get this straight. You're angry over some girls' only fans. So the second people started talking, like, because my friends and I kind of like hit him up and was like, yo, like, this is super problematic of you to say and for you to act like this, and then he posted that, and I was like, what possesses a person to act this moronic? Like, you know, you get those people from high school that act like that. Ryan? Um, honestly, I really think that men hate women. That's just what it boils down to. Like, it's, as, like, as a woman, oftentimes you can't even win when it comes to men. Um, it's like, okay, you 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 own up in your sexuality and you enjoy like men want women to be sexual you know but they don't want them to be too sexual and it's like men have been you know men want to see women's bodies okay so here are here's women you know showing off their bodies but they're profiting off of it and i think that's when it becomes a problem for men to wrap their heads around is the fact that women can capitalize off of their own body and guys will always say stuff on twitter such as women live life on easy mode, women have it so good, women have it so nice, but it's like, you could also do the same thing. I, I, men are very homoerotic. They really just do things for the approval of other men. And it's so sad. Go ahead, Tate. To go deeper into what Miss Ryan was saying, here is where I feel like the source of the problem is. Men don't want women to have the power and they will do everything they can to take that power away from them it's like they want 
to sexualize, you know, women, you know, they kind of, society has built these standards that kind of confide a lot of women and they feel trapped in, but once they, you know, capitalize on the very things that from, you know, a young age, they've been programmed to believe and to follow, once they try to reclaim that power, then it becomes a problem. And I think it's just really immature and it comes from a breed, a certain breed of men that have that like superiority complex and no matter what they'll always feel like they are above it's sexist it's 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 very much sexism i feel like and i just think it's kind of disgusting at the end of the day we were all given our bodies to do what we want to do with them and Mm -hmm. that's a universal thing that's not just for you know people who want to profit off their bodies whatever you got to do do it you know you're not hurting anyone else and i don't see the reason in tearing especially women down for that reason you know i I feel like it's just a fantasy that a lot of men can't live in because let's face it no one's paying to see a man's body we can turn on the tv and see that any day go watch Baywatch. you know what i'm saying like and then go watch euphoria We we will see everything that they have to offer you feel me and so i feel like it's it's from a source of sexism and jealousy and dominance that really needs to be eradicated, I feel like, because it's just disgusting. And this isn't the first, like, instance either of, like, something like this happened. There's been, like, threads and threads and threads of stories of people talking about sexual harassment and, like, um, trigger warning for sexual assault um, real quick. If anybody is sensitive to the subject, there were stories about rape. There was a guy supposedly at my high school that recorded himself having sex with a girl and, while they were together, and she didn't know about it. And um, I've had friends that have been, you know, raped by boys at my high school, and they all kind of band together. This group of, like, super shitty guys sticks together. And there's, like, maybe one or two of the entire, like, group that I think could be redeemable people of that certain area but I'm like how can you enable your friends see they're posting stuff and then have the nerve to get defensive and be like oh I didn't post it or I didn't say it first of all you saw what posted and when it's being talked about and shared how could you how could you not be like hey don't put me in that situation I feel like they're gonna stick together they do that like, like they'll, oh they will- my boys got my back yeah like they'll deny 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 because at the end of the day in their mind it's their way of still holding on to that very power that we've talked about. Because, you know, once you kind of own up to your know, mistakes and your flaws, you, you do lose a sense of that power, but that's more commendable because I feel like that's righteous. You know, if you're not learning and you're not growing, you can't, you can't expect to live your entire life without making a mistake. First of all, not a single one of them are Black. All of them are out here still saying the N-word like it's nothing. All of them are out here hosting and going to gigantic like rager parties it's um, ignorance imagine sucking that bad and still wanting to like back your boys doesn't make any sense to me i feel like it's cliche to say but like it's 2020 we are beyond this we are not primitive anymore the ignorance has got to stop speaking of ignorance Child, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even the little boys at our old little high schools. It's some of the people who have influence 
over today's generation. Um, <clears throat> Miss Nikita Dragon. Girl, sis was off the air for a while now, but of course, out of the blue, randomly, she took it upon herself to tweet out, what race is Nikita gonna be today? Why? Now this Why? is beyond <laughs> problematic. And especially because it's Nikita Dragon we are talking about, she has a strong history of They're being, being problematic. accused. And I'm, I'm saying accused in quotation marks because, girl, let, let's call it for what, call it how we see it. She's been accused for blackfishing on multiple fronts. And this is a problem. I remember, like, what was it? A couple weeks ago, she posted a picture in, I believe, the back of an Uber. And she had on a do-rag. And her skin, she looked black. Her skin was tremendously dark. And oh it's my like, god. Wait, put that picture up again? I haven't seen that. Yeah, th- this was, um, I want to say oh. a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago. She posted that. We remember when she was rocking the box braids as if it was nothing. And it's like, for her to tweet something like this so ignorant is bold. That is the only word I can say. Ryan, what what are you thinking? It really makes me mad because at this point, she knows that people are going to talk. She knows that people are going to talk. And at this point, it's just like a joke to her. And I really, I try not to let non-Black people with like box braids bother me as much because, I mean, in due time, they're going to realize it's truly not for their hair, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you know. Um, um, but it's just like she purposely does this stuff and it's like why like what what did the black community do to you to where you just have to offend them so much it's like she she knows the girls are gonna talk exactly like really like I know that she is she's a Hispanic and uh, Asian Um, that's no excuse and we're gonna get to that Period. And so she has some melanin, but it's like, baby, it's the difference between being like tan and, you know, being like that of a black person. I just, it just really makes me upset. It's because like everybody truly wants to be black, but no one wants to be black. And I'm not even trying to like gatekeep things. You know, there's, I think there's some aspects of black culture that maybe are like American culture that, you know, anybody could do i can't name anything specific but there's just so many things in black culture that are just you know for black people and i think a lot of people um associate black culture by uh they associate it with southern culture or just like american culture in general and because they do that it makes it come off as like oh like it's no big deal but meanwhile you know other like ethnicities have their own culture and people are able to respect those but people just think that little black culture is just the culture for everybody you know that's what makes our culture just seem watered down sometimes and I feel like that's what's kind of like contributed to me having like identity issues you know listen just because black culture is an American culture does not make it American culture Period. Because read it again slowly. Just because black culture is an American culture does not make it American culture. And we need to stop treating them as if they are the same because black people in American culture are not treated the same. Point blank. 
period. Nikita Dragon knew that the girls were going to talk, and talk they did. User I'm a Sagittarius tweeted out, you think cultural appropriation is cute. You're disgusting and not funny. User Yumi tweeted out, so you admit it, you've been blackfishing. User, girl, I got the screenshots. User Limit Era tweeted out, that was not funny, not amused, not a laugh, not a chuckle, not a ha-ha, or even a hee-hee. That was not funny at all. I would be embarrassed if I were you. You need a tutor on comedy and on humor, because this just ain't it. It was terrible. It was horrible. It was not funny. I just, like, I noticed that it's a lot of influencers that are like this, like popular influencers, especially in the beauty community. And we've talked about, like, how problematic the beauty community is. But you want to know why? But I don't understand. Tell me why. It's because Black culture is so easily profitable and marketable because I don't, I don't want to get controversial, but in American culture, Black people are the pioneers of content. I don't think there's anybody that can sit there and say that Black culture has not been completely snatched. Like, if it isn't yours, it's not yours. Like, leave it alone. And I've, I mean, it's hard for me to talk to because obviously, like, as a white, like, as a white woman, like, I want to have you to have the forefront of being able to say your feelings and your opinions, and I will back you 100%. But also, like, you, like, I just, like, I feel so strongly about this as well. Like, it's seeing, like, people try to be something they're not and taking something that's not theirs and thinking that it's cute or fashionable or trendy or funny when it's, when it's really just arrogant. You can appreciate a culture. You know, I think that cultures can be appreciated and you can incorporate it into whatever, you know, your style, blase, 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 in a respectful way. And as long as it doesn't cross any lines, you know, do your research, whatever you got to do. If you feel that you can't incorporate it, you know, without offending people, then just don't do it at all. What I don't get, somebody like Nikita, you have two cultures that you could tap into. You know, she could really be, you know, um, known as like that Filipina or that Mexican or that Mexican Filipina influencer. You know what I'm saying? She could really be Mm -hmm. an inspiration to so many of them. And she's not. Instead, she's over here ripping off black culture. And I mean, the same thing goes for anybody that always steals from black culture. It's like, like, triangle. (laughs) Like I know people try to say white people don't have a culture, but I mean, they got a little something, something, you know. Like, back when the white girls were doing the little fair faucet hairstyle and stuff, and or, like, you know, the Paris Hilton type of white girls, you know, the blonde hair, blue eyes, like, you know, white girls look best when they do the white girl, you know, style and thing. Mm-hmm. Well, for quote, apology tweet. It wasn't an apology tweet. It was a, let, let me sweep this under the rug tweet and promote these lipsticks that I'm coming out with. She tweeted out, growing up mixed, I was never enough or fully accepted. I don't have to pick a side. I am not incomplete of my races. I do not lack anything. I am proud of all of me. And my thing is, what does that have to do with you blackfishing? Nothing, nothing at all. Literally, it's, it's just, she's trying to divert She the wants attention. to play the victim. And it's like, you don't understand. You're the culprit. Like, you are the problem here. Yes. You know, that's a, that's a common struggle that a lot of people go through growing up I'm from the suburbs you know so I'm surrounded by you know white you know suburban American culture 
and I would come off, you know, Tyler, the creator is a perfect example of this. You know, it's like, oh, I'm too white for the black kids, but too black for the white kids. So that's not a exclusive issue that, you know, mixed people have, but she's completely disregarding the issue at hand, which isn't, you know, not being any of this, because the thing is, you're not black at all. So you shouldn't be profiting or marketing on black culture. Like that's the issue. We have enough problems of our own, but like the last thing we need right now are people, especially in 2020, after everything we're going through, the last thing we need are people who are continuing to be ignorant to these problems that have been going on since quite literally the founding of this country. Colorism. Last night I was watching a video by one of my favorite black creators on YouTube, T Noir. She did a video, a commentary on, you know, colorism and the fact that, you know, certain success that artists see isn't coincidence, but it's quite, quite literally colorism. And over the course of quarantine, a lot of, you know, female rappers who were of lighter complexion. Yeah, people like, I love Sweetie, but Mm -hmm. her bars are very basic. And to be honest, I think that's okay. I think Sweetie truthfully makes pretty girl music. You play it when you're getting ready to go to a party. You play it on the way to the party. You play it when you just want to feel like a bad B, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, however, she's very mediocre when it comes to her uh, raps, in my opinion. And I feel like the reason why she has the success that she has now, part of a reason, is because she's lighter skinned. And I think another example is like Flo Millie and Mulatto. Mulatto is lighter skinned and Flo Millie is, you know, dark skinned. She's a dark skinned girl. Both are super gorgeous. I mean, both are like stunning. However, Mulatto has gotten more hype than Flo Millie, and I think they deserve equally the same hype. Two different styles going on, but I think that colorism plays a part in Mulatto being more popular than Flo Millie, even though they're both like amazing. The, the overall definition of colorism is a practice of discrimination by which those with lighter skin are treated more favorably than those with darker skin. This practice is a product of racism in the United States and that it upholds the white standard of beauty and benefits white people in the institutions of oppression, music, medical world, et cetera, et cetera, which ties into, you know, what we just talked about with Nikita Dragon. African-American women of darker skin tone kind of get, you know, boxed in with the angry black woman, you know, stereotype. If a black woman has an attitude, she's crazy. If an Hispanic woman has an attitude, ooh, like she feisty, she's sexy. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to um, the black community, I really hate when people say it's a preference. If when I ask you, what's your preference? I'm asking you, okay, do you like them tall? Do you like them skinny? Do you like them into music? Do you like them into sports? Not the color of their skin, because that's a different type of bias. I'm going to use Zendaya as an example. Mm-hmm. Beautiful Black women, you know? If you're going to sit here and tell me that you love everything about Zendaya, you know, you love her smile, you love her eyes, but you would never consider her if she was the shade as Lupita Nyong'o, there's the problem. That's not a preference. That is racism. It's rooted in, like, racism. A lot of people end up being prisoners of the 
American standard of beauty, you know, even within the Black community, you know, it, it's the light-skinned girl that's supposed to be, like, the dream. And I, I can speak on this because at one point, I used to be, if you weren't, you know, a tall, white, blue-eyed, blonde man, I wasn't looking at you. Child, now I'm going to bed thinking about Frank Ocean and Jaden Smith. Yes. Give me, give me an Omar Apollo. You know, I still love my Ross Lynch. There's just so much beauty in the world. And it's like, I've been able to grow past that to really see, you know, what's being marketed really ain't how the world work. We need to take a step back and kind of almost reflect on what we're perceiving as what we like, you know? Like preferences are real, but they should almost never be based in the color of someone's skin. If somebody told me, if somebody was like, man, you cute as heck, I got a thing for brown skins, I'm finna just be like, well, I guess I'm just the latest brown skin that you came across. You just like me because I'm brown. And it shouldn't have to be said, but there's more to people than just the color of their skin. That, that's, that's a visual thing. Like, okay, what about the personality? What if you want, you know, a girl who's into cars? You can find a black girl who's into cars. You can find a white girl who's into cars. You can find a Hispanic girl into, who's into cars. Like, it is not an exclusive thing. But if you were to say, I only date light-skinned women, baby, it's racism. It, it's, it's colorism. It's everything under the sun. But and you know what ain't racism, though? What's Wanting not racism, to date right? somebody with some style. Style <laughs> is, is more than a preference for me. It is a requirement. And I think, I think we should speak on it. Honestly, um, style is pretty big for me. I realize that if I'm dating someone... A you got to match style. my fly. Yes. You feel yes. me? Period. I'm not going to go out and drip. <laughs> and you look like the Walmart men's section. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you got to come with something. If you don't, let me, let me style you then. Let me style you. Because sometimes people just, just don't have that person that can introduce them into the style. Yeah. But you know we what? It can work. We're going to give you some style tips. Some, maybe some fall style tips, even from right Talk about it. Spot. You're like, here's a chunky um, oh infinity God. scarf. Um, some Uggs boots and leggings. <laughs> and Grace, go back on mute. Nice latte on the side. You got to have that. But, um, it's Christian girl fall, y'all. <laughs> But for me personally, um, I would say my style has been described as kind of like street, vintage, retro. And that's Ryan what has my dream for. closet. Stop it right now. <laughs> like if I could if I could steal anyone's clothes, I'm in Ryan's room. Because I haven't even reached my full potential, you fool. Period. Um, <laughs> so I'd say um, for me and how I achieve my desired style. Tip number one, go for the graphic tees. Graphic tees are super, super fun. You can dress them up. You can dress them down. You can find them anywhere. Um, I like to get a lot of mine from the thrift stores just because you can find really, really unique ones and ones that are just She's kind so of, quirky. You can find ones that are kind of like, like out of the box. Like you'll have a random shirt from like Kentucky from a freaking um, Little League softball game in 2006 with a really cool design on it. It's like, you can't find that stuff everywhere. They're, they're usually reasonably priced, the better price than what, you know, your mainstream stores will have them for. Because um, what look like paying like $30 for a graphic tee? That's not fair. I'm a college student. Um, three like hours said, of my life. Exactly. And um, graphic tees, uh, don't be afraid to get them oversized. I like wearing oversized graphic tees or just getting a graphic tee with a bigger fit. I like to tuck mine in um, or you can wear it out like with some mom jeans or some dad jeans to give it like that retro look. Uh, sometimes I like to get ones that are more fitted 
if I want to, let's say, dress it up a little bit and put some pants on and a clean pair of sneakers and maybe some dress shoes, there you go. So graphic tees are kind of an essential. Make sure you get a few, uh, have them in your closet. In addition to that, also make sure you have some basic tees, you know, like white, black, nude, whatever, just, um, just to kind of, you know, serve like a basic, simple look. And they also go with anything. Don't be too shy to experiment with these tees. You know, throw a turtleneck underneath it, you know, tuck it in if it's oversized. You know, I feel like the reason why t-shirts are number one here on this list and why they are so essential, especially graphic tees, is because they're so versatile. Some great places to yes. shop for them aside from, you know, the thrift store, which is like the number one. I do want to pitch in Target and Walmart. Listen, y'all sleeping mm-hmm. on Walmart. I done got me an Aaliyah shirt, a Period. print shirt, a TLC shirt, you know, and they're, they're reasonable prices. So definitely like they are like the foundation for a wardrobe. This, um, I saw this one girl out on campus and I like, she, like her whole style, she had on some cute little mom jeans and then, um, some high top, um, like white bands, a cute little black top. And then this like cute, um, button up over just like with all of these like little squares and colors and stuff on it. And I was literally stopped and I was like, dude, I love your shirt. Where did you get it? She said she got it at the men's section in Walmart. I was like, say less. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. But that brings us to uh, tip number two, pants. So what I mean by pants is um, what you want to do first, honestly, is invest in some good jeans. I want to say have at least two, maybe three pairs of jeans that are, uh, that just fit you really good. They look good on you. They're flattering. They go with a lot of stuff. Um, Because jeans can go a long way. I don't even go a lot of you. I'll get, you know, a few pairs of jeans and I just wear them all the time. And if somebody says, didn't you wear those on Wednesday and it's Saturday? I don't care. Mind I don't care. Business. Exactly. Maybe a washer and a dryer exists, period. Um, but when it comes to pants, I would also say don't be afraid to look for um, pants outside of skinny jeans. So I used to be the person that just wore skinny jeans and that was it. However, I ventured out into mom jeans mom shorts uh pants with like patterns on them plaid pants tapered pants those are really really fun because you can experiment with them for one you can definitely uh come up with some really really cool outfits the pants can also be a statement of your outfit like i said it can be dressed up it can be dressed down it's like an endless possibility if you don't come out rocking with some plaid some prints some patterns i don't want to see it child there's just something that excites me about a good pair of fun pants done right because there is some funky pants out there but what i'm picturing in my head is a nice you know vintage white graphic tee with some gray plaid pants with a nice little black turtleneck underneath it's really important to venture outside of the norm I have a pair of um, these like red corduroy pants that I absolutely love. They are so freaking cute. They're my favorite pants. Great. Shut up. I have a pair of red corduroy pants too. uh, Oh my God. So should we just show out in our red um, corduroy pants? Should we kiss? Are we able to kiss right now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number number three, Grace is the perfect accessory. (laughs) Tip number three, invest in some basic shoes. 
So um, a lot of people just think, I don't know where to start when it comes to a style. Like, I don't know what to do. In my opinion, some uh, basic shoes can go a long way. Uh, if y'all know me, you can always see me either in my white uh, Skate High Vans, my white uh, Comedy Garcon Converse. I recently just got a pair of Air Forces that are white. I'm probably going to run those into the ground. And um, those are all basic shoes. Vans, Converse, Air Forces. I think you should have at least one of those because they go with so many things and they can create whatever vibe you want to create with them. So truthfully, whatever style you're trying to go for, you're trying to go for a streetwear style, you're trying to go for, you know, uh, like a, like a, like a, maybe like a business type of style, something clean, something minimalistic, whatever you're trying to go for, you can't go wrong with the basic pair of those shoes. I think that they'll help you find your style. And from there, you can go and experiment with other shoes. So maybe um, some other type of Nikes, some Jordans, some Adidas, you know, if you got money, get you some Yeezys, Balenciagas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I agree. Listen, a nice clean white sneaker. Yes. I feel like is the foundation. Some some recommendations are the low top slide on vans, the high top skate high vans, Nike Air Force Ones, get you some classic Reeboks, you know, even take it a step back with the high top converse. Don't get the low tops. We're not doing those anymore. Some high top converse, you know, just a nice clean sneak will truly go with anything period you really can't go wrong with them so make sure you guys invest and then when you start to find your style um you know don't be afraid to step out the boundaries like i recently just got a pair of platform chelsea boots and probably like two years ago if i would have saw them i would have been that's not my style i couldn't pull those off but now they're honestly one of my favorite things to wear and i'm i really can't wait for fall to really get here so i can wear those things like every damn day um <laughs> lastly <laughs> tip number four is experiment don't be afraid to try something new you know like old girl got a shirt from the men's section I like going to the men's section and finding some interesting pieces you know don't be afraid to just step out of your comfort zone either I used to be a person I didn't realize that I would stay in my comfort zone a lot when I would look for clothes but after a while I would just take something and I may say I don't know what I'm gonna wear this with but you never know what you can find in your closet. You just never know how you can style it. So, you know, because I may have worn things out of the ordinary, I feel more confident. I feel, you know, I feel better. Like, I feel like I look good and I start to feel good. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I feel like experimenting has really just allowed for me to become more comfortable in my style and more confident in who I am. And it has allowed for me to not put myself in a box. So one day you might see me wearing um, an oversized shirt, some mom jeans in my vans. The next day you might see me wearing, you know, my forces and a guest shirt and a pair of black jeans. And then the next day you might see me wearing these platform boots. Like at the end of the day, don't box yourself in. Style mm -hmm. is limitless. And it's honestly an art that you can use to express yourself. We all know um, that it is spooky season. It is scary girl time. Everybody likes to go to, well, not everybody. Some people don't mess with all of this, like haunted houses, scary farms, hay rides, all of that kind of stuff. I know um, in Charleston, um, the big thing was for everybody to go to Boone Hall Friday nights. Everybody would be, um, when I tell you I would run for my life in this Boone Hall Fright Nights or on the hayride. Oh, absolutely not. It was absolutely terrifying. One of the 
um, most unpleasant experiences. But there's a place, um, if you haven't heard of it, called McKamey Manor. And it is, to say the least, a torture chamber of a haunted house. So in order to participate in the haunted house, you have to bring a bag of dog food is like your admission, but you have to be over the age of 21 and you have to sign a 40 page waiver where in the waiver, it clearly states that you will be physically and mentally like messed with. Like they can shave your head, pull your teeth, put um, things in your mouth. They will put things in any opening in your body. You know who don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very American thing. Um, it's quite interesting, to say the least. Yes. It's um, yeah. Um, I will say that I um, all of the videos um, that I've seen people doing are definitely um, of a certain demographic. In the forty-page waiver, it literally says that death is possible, and a lot of people do it because they um, have said that they just want that experience. They're like, "Oh, I can beat it," and it lasts for hours. The longest somebody's been in it was six hours, six hours of physical torture, mental torture. I remember I watched a video on it and um, by the end of it, this like mom and her daughter came out completely bald. Like they had gotten their head shaved, missing teeth. If you win, you supposedly win $20,000. So that's the whole- You should have started with that. Yeah, well, that's the whole, you know, appeal of it. But at the same time, like, I feel like the owner, um, he, he, it's a guy named Russ, Russ McCamey. He decided to open all of this up pretty much in his backyard. And he is an actual psychopath. He's, like, said in interviews that it's almost euphoric to him to, like, give people, like, mental um, trauma. And there's videos of him, um, like pouring liquids into people's mouths and these people are like screaming and like begging him to stop and like saying they don't want to do it anymore he's like nope keep doing it he's like you're good you're fine like I'm just gonna keep shoving random objects in your mouth and shaving your head so um my main concern here is is this even like should something like this be legal for them to be able to physically like touch you mentally put you through all of this if you sign that paper mm -hmm. and you go in there you know what you're you getting into it, it. i'm a quote rihanna you look so dumb right now it's not a, like a i don't think it's like a, oh should this be a legal thing because you know we have this thing called paperwork that kind of you know separates us from the animals and if you sign that you know you're putting you yourself in, in there, that position you put yourself in that position if you walk out bald with missing teeth uh, with a new tattoo girl who is there to blame aside from you six hours that's a whole tj maxx shift let me go get my 10 an hour while y'all play with that <laughs> and there's so many videos on it too like there is um absolutely no shortage of videos of people going through it people um telling their stories and a lot of people i think the one thing a lot of people have said is so you get a safe word. You get a safe word that if you really can't handle the experience of the quote-unquote haunted house, I'm going to say it's a torture chamber. If you can't handle it, you're supposed to have this safe word where you're able to be like, get out of there. But um, there's been like videos and stuff of people saying their safe word and begging for it to stop and they don't stop. And that's 
in the, um, like in the safe word, but even to start off before you get put through, um, all of the physical stuff, it literally starts off with them completely tearing you of any like sort of strength that you have mentally. Because not only, like, to go through that kind of physical torture, you got to have, like, a strong head to be like, all right, like, I'm going to somehow survive this. They literally start off being, like, you're worthless. Like, people, like, telling you that you, like, are a piece of shit and that you're worth nothing and that you're not even going to be able to survive it. But um, one participant, Laura um, Brotherton, said that during her experience, she repeated her safe word for several minutes before they decide to do officially stop. So like, they don't necessarily say, oh, you can say your safe word, then it just, it just stops. It stops when the owner says that you're like, he thinks you've had enough. Like, it's almost like the owner can decide when you are screaming, crying, begging for it to stop when he's like, all right, I guess like now we want to stop. It's a no for me, dog. I know. Um, yeah, the Americans can have that. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, quite interesting is all I got to say. I like my mental health intact. Speaking of mental health, before we wrap this show up, because we've been talking and talking and talking, the girls just had things to say. Um, <laughs> World Mental Health Day was yesterday, October 10th. So uh, I'm just going to end this show with a uh, few tips on how to take care of your mental health, especially as we go into um, fall and winter. Seasonal depression, she's coming, she's rolling up her sleeves, and she's getting ready to pop, 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 pop. But- Let me get my notepad out real quick. <laughs> I just have a few tips that have honestly worked for me. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist, not a psychologist. I'm just an average college student going through the motions just as much as anybody else is. And I'm going to try to keep these brief um, just so you guys can get the general gist. Uh, Tip number one, start your day off right. Um, Do your morning affirmations. Tell yourself, I'm going to have a great day. Today is going to be good. I'm not going to let anything get me down. I am beautiful. I will be successful. Whatever you need to hear, tell yourself that. Speak it out into the universe. The universe is going to take that and respond back. And you're also going to, you're feeding that into your head. You're going to be more likely to do stuff to allow for you to have a good day. You're saying, okay, I'm going to have a good day. Let me, let me go and get like this, uh, let me treat myself with some breakfast real quick. You know what I'm saying? And next thing you know, you're going to be in class, like actually paying attention. And, and then, you know, you're going you're gonna to go home and you're going to do your work. You're going you're gonna to have a good day. Number two, limit your social media and phone use. Social media can be extremely um, uh, hilarious. It can be an escape, but it can also be really, really depressing. Um, It can oftentimes make you feel like you're in a race with people, you're in competition, you feel like you're not doing enough. And especially, I know back like in in June when like the riots were at an all-time high, Twitter was so depressing. You know, I'm not saying... Black Lives Matter is depressing, but all you saw was just like racism, riots, you know, people arguing. I had to get off Twitter. It's just a strong sense of reality. Yeah. I I mean, I just couldn't take it. Like, I needed an escape from my escape. In times like that, and in general, just make sure you take time away from social media and even your phone. You know, just just make sure you um, have the ability to limit that so you can kind of refresh your mind and like replenish your mind. Number three dedicate a day of self-care your self-care can be whatever it is that makes you happy if self-care is going to your favorite restaurant and getting your favorite meal then so be it if your self-care is sitting in bed all day doing nothing then so be it for me self-care is like cleaning up 
um, finding something productive and um, maybe doing like some skincare, taking a nice shower, you do whatever, treat your body and, and just let yourself know that everything's going to be okay. Do things that make you happy and take care of yourself. Number four, journal, invest in a journal. Um, <laughs> I think that a lot of people feel as if they have nobody to talk to. Some people don't like to talk to people. Just know that oftentimes a lot of people have stuff bottled up and it, that can just eat at you and eat at you and eat at you. By getting a journal and just writing down your thoughts and feelings and seeing them on paper, it can make it a lot easier to cope. It can make you a lot easier. It can make it a lot easier to deal with the feelings. It can make it a lot easier to, you know, get through whatever you're going through. And this is my last tip. I think this is a really important tip. Know that you are loved. Know that there's somebody out there that loves you. You know, you, you have people that are out here rooting for you. And it's crazy because it really is the people that you could least expect. It could be people that you have no idea who they are. It, it's somebody that can be in your class sitting in the back row that's never talked to you, you know, and, and you know, they may be thinking like, wow, Tate is so cool. I want to be like Tate. I hope Tate goes a long way. He's going to be really successful. There's somebody saying, Grace, some trash talk. You know, she's so fun. Like, I really want to hang out with her. Like, I want her to know that she's just so cool. So if, if no one tells you that you are loved, just know that you are loved. That's all I got to say. Make sure you take care of your mental health because that's really important. <sighs> nobody got you the way you got you. Period. And oh if nobody God. got me, I know SZA got me. Period. Listen, I, I was going to say, tip number I'm six. Listen, I'm going to talk about her every episode, and I don't care. And I don't care because I want to share her with the world. Um, but unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this episode. We love you all for being here and going off of what Ryan said, you know, you guys mean the world to us. Like knowing that we have people that actually take the time to listen to us, that helps us because we know, oh, like we are loved. Like people will actually set time away to listen to us and what we have to say. So with all that being said, be sure to follow us on our socials. On Instagram, we are trashtalk.radio. We are Trash Talk Media on Twitter. Ah. And for this episode, I'm Tate. I'm Ryan. And I'm Grace. <laughs> and you've been listening to I Trash Talk. Talk. <laughs>